clan. Okay, so this is the first episode. Um, this is actually interesting. I'm not sure if you are aware, Mo, but I did actually start this sort of um, podcast talk show previously about two years ago now. And then come COVID, shut down business, shut down everything, restarted again. And so we're back with the podcast. And just the whole purpose of this podcast is just to just explore um, experts in the industry. And because I run my own gym and run my own studio, I'm sort of put something together for my community of people to try and help them along their journey. So what I'm doing every single month is inviting somebody on live um, like yourself to share your knowledge, share your expertise, share your experience. And so ultimately the aim is to help more people who are, you know, embarking on the journey of health, fitness, wellness, improving their overall mindset and just becoming better versions of, of themselves. So welcome to the first episode, guys. This is um, episode one and we're focused around fasting, uh, training, nutrition, overall mindset, and what a be better way to kick this off because it is the month of Ramadan. And so this episode is all focused around um, fasting and how to optimize your training and what strategies you can put in place around your food because, you know, there are restrictions around it. So we're going to find out. And I've got um, Mo, Mohammed Yakub Ali, is that right? Yeah. In the Mohammed. building, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's fine. Um, Mo, yeah. or better known as Mo Power, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to come and join me on this first episode. So, um, let's get straight into it. Um, I mean, let's let's I guess I'll just introduce yourself in a sense where how I know you and how I've come across you, and the reason why I brought yourself on board from my knowledge is, um, I've been in contact with yourself. Um, you're from up north, up Bolton, is that correct? And you, um, I've come across yourself previous in the previous years. I think I first got in touch with yourself um, regarding some gym equipment, and yep. um, I know that you're in that I space as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you remember what I bought? <laughs> Body Max ke uh, cable, uh, dual adjustable cable, wasn't right. it? That's right. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, sometimes I can't remember. That's a good memory. I think I bought some farmers, some farmers walks up here as well. Yeah, we make all that. Yeah, we, we make all that. Stuff. Do all that stuff. So yeah, I mean, I mean, at that time in point, um, I was just building up my gym, and so as a gym owner, you constantly, well, I was constantly looking out for gym equipment, trying to get the best deals and stuff, and I came across yourself. So um, ever since then, I've been following yourself on Facebook. And really like for what you stand for and the messages that you put out, because I mean, the industry in itself is very, it's a bit, you know, it's a bit like walking on thin ice. You've got a whole array of differences going on within the industry. And I'm sure you've changed, you've seen it change over the years. So um, let's get yourself introduced. So who are you, Mo? Let's, 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 let's break things down a bit. Let's give me a fun fact about yourself. Before we oh. go into who you are, I'm not putting you on the spot there, but tell me something interesting, something fun about yourself, Mo. Um, I was very lucky to play with a World Cup winner in football in early nineties. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that was my thing originally. I was mad about football. Uh, yeah, yeah, crazy about football. To be honest, I, I, I was never good enough to be a pro or anything like that. You know, I'm not going to say anything. I was yeah okay. I, I, I had a hard work ethic, ability wise limited, but. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just one of these people who just put, uh, puts you know 
real heart and soul into anything they're doing. Uh, sort of digressing a little bit. Um, nothing in life comes to me easily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have to draft. Right. It's just the way I am as a person. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I learn from, because I, I have to learn everything myself. Mm-hmm. I find it easier to coach. Uh, right. Coaching football since I was 18. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I've been involved in coaching a long, long time. I mean, before I got into the strength stuff, I mean, the strength stuff's been 15 years. But yeah, interesting mm-hmm. fact, yeah. I had a chance to play football with a 1970 World Cup winner. Okay. And who do you know who that was? Who was it? A gentleman called Jazzinho. He was the only Jazzinho. guy. Okay. He played with Pelé, um, right wing. Wow. And I had an opportunity to play an exhibition match with him in America in 1994. Brilliant. What I position did you play? Uh, I I was quite a utility player, but my best position was um, sort of just in uh, in front of the back four. Um, I, I like to do the dirty nitty gritty stuff. <laughs> stuck in and I, I nice. don't dribble I'm not flash I'm just very basic hard working yeah. and uh, I let the you know but I, I literally played as I got older and stuff I literally played I, I was two footed so oh, I nice. centre back right back I, I don't think there's any position I've never played okay nice. just put me in and I'll, I'll put a shift in um, tried it all then, then I was getting older I got a lot of injuries creeping up and stuff and I thought you know mm-hmm. yeah and then Coincidentally, I sort of knew I wanted to become a strength coach. I just knew it. I've been doing it all my life. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just kind of realized that's what I want to do. So I went back to uni at 35, which is mm-hmm. bloody right. Mm-hmm. I've kind of digressed, actually. Sorry about that. That's okay, man. Let it, let it all out, man. This is the time for you to let people yeah. know. <laughs> so I went to uni at 35. Um, I didn't have any formal qualifications. I wasn't really an academic at school or anything. I was very average to be. To put it mildly, um, I was just mad about football and sport and keeping fit, and a lot of it was just self-taught. Um, mm-hmm. stuff, do things, do this, do that, and then yeah, finally I decided to go to uni at thirty-five. I did a degree in sports science and coaching. Uh, then I did a master's in strength and conditioning. Um, but I, in the meantime, in two thousand and nine, I went and spent time with uh, Louis Simmons at Westside Bible, who just unfortunately mm-hmm. passed away passed away a few weeks ago so I, I just had a th- I've, I've just got a thirst I'm crazy about it even to this day I, I I'm always learning you know I never stop learning um, I'm just so interested in how things work because I think we're very rigid especially I, I tend to work more predominantly now with athletes obviously when I started off I was working across the board with you know mm. from just your every regular person who wants to do a bit of fitness training and get healthy and stuff and then the office um but now an average about 12 to 15 athletes a week nice brilliant um, brilliant let's let's good. talk about the um you mentioned like you, you, whatever you did you got stuck in and mm. you had this hard work ethic let's talk a bit more about that where did that sort of come from i think that's just something that's in me i, I don't yeah. know um because, like, growing up, I was average at everything. You know, like, I love playing sport. That, that was mm-hmm. the thing at school. I played everything. I played football. I played rugby. I did. I was captain of the cricket team, captain of the badminton team. I did cross country. Wow. I just loved playing. It, it was never... I loved the competition. Um, 
Did you have like, sorry to interrupt, did you have like older brothers or anything? Where you no brother, I was uh, one of two, my sister's two years older. Mm-hmm. But uh, as I said, I, I just had this love of football, especially football was the thing. I mean, even though I played a lot of other sport, um, but I was quite advanced in a sense. So I was playing with guys who were three, four years older than me. Wow. Um, and then I played Sunday League football at the age of 14, 15, which is really mm. young. I'm playing with men now. I'm not playing with kids. Right. I, I never played kid football. No way. I played into playing. So it was a baptism of fire. You know, you get smacked. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a, probably I'm about 14 stone now. I'm a lot heavier. But I mean, I used to walk around probably about nine stone, went through and I'm just getting pummeled no at, you know, heavy pitches and stuff. But I tell you what, looking back on it, best experience ever. If you're going to learn, mm-hmm. play with men just teaches you to man up because if you don't man up, you're, you're going to go home and cry. Mm-hmm. That was it. it was just that, you know, and then I think I've just got this drive. Uh, it's what I do even now. I love what I do. And I think sometimes people can't understand this. I've been doing this 15 years. I've been coaching since I was like, as I said, 18, which is nearly bloody 33 years of my life. And mm-hmm. I absolutely love coaching. I just mm-hmm. get such a buzz out of it. Mm-hmm. Even to this day, and, you know, watching people get better and improve. Um, and I, I've never stopped learning. Mm-hmm. I'm always learning. I'm always researching. You know, I'm always doing something. And I, I guess I'm like a child. I'm just curious about everything. How does this work? Why does this do this? Why does yeah. that do yeah. this? How can I make something better? Yeah, that's 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 very rare to come across these days, especially in our industry, mm-hmm. where things are really sort of um, done on fast track to gain these sort of qualifications. And mm-hmm. so, like, yeah, I mean, that's that's really nice. It's good energy to hear. I really like the fact that you have a thirst for the knowledge, and that's really good. Okay, so let, let's go to um, let's talk about you know you. So you went to uni, um, mm-hmm. got your qualifications you went out to america what was that like when you went out to america that was just an experience i was looking actually i just finished i was just about to finish my degree so i was in the last year of my degree and um i wanted to just do an internship just get more experience so i thought i'm looking around you know different people and i came across please louis forgive me i know you passed away but i come across a bootleg dvd (laughs) west side barbell training i thought wow what the this is crazy. I need, I, I want to find out what this is all about. You know, this hardcore chains, bands, this, reverse hypers. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. this is crazy. So maybe me, I just contacted him. Wow. <laughs> I just sent an email to his wife. No way. And um, I said, I want to come over. And they said, yeah, come over. That was it. Wow. And just like that. <laughs> like, yes. And that was like probably December time in beginning of February. I get a plane ticket and I go to Columbus, Ohio, middle of nowhere. No way. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it was just like, it opened up my eyes to training, you know, and I think sometimes there's a time and a place to be regimented, mm-hmm. um, to follow protocol, you know, to do, as you said, people are just looking for rush instant stuff. Um, but there's also time for variety. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously Louis developed the conjugate method, which is a, a three different methods put together. And he came up with his own, which was, um, you know, a conjugate is basically like uh, max effort, dynamic effort and repetition effort, a method. Um, so now for the average person, I wouldn't recommend it. 
Mm-hmm. It's more for the intermediate to elite level lifter who has a, a solid, good for year base of proper good quality strength training. Right. Um, so again, I'm a big believer, you know, you have to go and pay your dues. You've got to build the foundation of strength. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I, every athlete that I work with, we always do strength work. And mm-hmm. like when I first started coaching a lot of boxes and stuff, oh, why do you do strength work? You're going to get it slower. You're going to get them this. You're going to get them that. And I'm like, well, look, we're not doing the hypertrophy training. Mm. We have to fight within the weight category. But we've got to get them maximally stronger mm. so we can generate more force. Then we're going to develop their velocity, et cetera. And, the, and box is quite unique. It's got a lot of different facets. So it's things like that. It's just... Uh, it just opened up my eyes to different ways of training and, you know, like the reverse hyper for the first time seeing that, um, mm-hmm. uh, a tread sled, uh, doing a lot of sled work, uh, you know, they were all out, you know, doing hamstring sled work, they had a big wheelbarrow, he called it a wheel farrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was developing more GPP, which is just general physical preparation, you know, it develops, you know, carrying a heavy ass, um, a wheelbarrow with a good few hundred kilos develops everything, you know, from your cardiovascular system to your grip, your mm-hmm. traps, everything's mm-hmm. working. Nice, nice. So, so you decided to travel across the world rather than yeah, finding yeah. anything local. Was there nothing going on in the UK at that time? Was it not very popular? I or? It was, but I don't know. It's just something. I seen this DVD and a bit of research on YouTube and stuff, and I was just fascinated. Ah. I thought, wow, this is some different stuff. I've never seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it. So I just went. And that that's the thing. I've got that passion for it in the drive. In that's what people don't understand. You know, you, if you do a job, anything I've done in life, I, I give it hundred percent. And mm-hmm. I should know. And I think they could see that when I go to places and even now when I'm talking, I'm extremely passionate. And I'm Actually, like, yeah, 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 you can see it. <laughs> within, you know, that's just that I, I get such as I said, I get such a buzz out of it, even to this day, whether I'm making a piece of equipment, I've designed it, or I'm actually coaching people, you know, the satisfaction. I don't know if you saw a video I put up a couple of days ago of this blind lad jumping a mm. box. Yeah, and wow. like, this guy's blind. Mm. And I'm like, weeks and weeks, we were working on it bit by bit, just starting off with a six-inch box, 12-inch. And don't forget, he can't see where he's landing. We can see Maybe. where we landed. Yeah. And the satisfaction I got out of doing him doing that, I was just like, wow. And then a few years back, I had a lad who's blind and deaf. Wow. And I taught him how to do a log press, carry a yoke, all strongman stuff besides stones that we ended up using um, uh, heavy slam balls. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he communicated by sign with hand. Mm-hmm. And um, he had a, a, a support worker who could interpret, interpreter. And, you know, I, I so for me, I'm always learning, working yeah. with different people, with, you know, different both able-bodied and people who you know who have disabilities, and honestly, it's, I always think if you can coach people with disabilities and stuff, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier working with the able-bodied. Right. But the difference is the mindset is different with the, the people when they have um, some kind of a limitation. They're so much more receptive. Wow. Um, generally, the athletes I've got, I'm very lucky because I'm very headstrong. If I can't work with somebody. I'm not going to work with them. I don't see the point. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to buy into my philosophy and you know, it's going to be a mutual thing. Uh, and I'm fortunate enough that I don't have to worry about that. So the, everybody I've got to buy into what I do and you know, we have a good, very, very good relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the lads like uh, Muhammad Ali is the first type one diabetic to be granted a professional boxing license. Now I've trained for 11 years. Wow. 
you know, it's a long time. We're still long time. working on things. And then I've got Abdul Khan. Uh, he's been around recently. He was a national junior national champion, a youth national champion amateur boxer. He's turned pro now. He's Amir's cousin. Right. And, uh, Amir promotes him and stuff as well. He's been with me over five years now. So a lot of them, they've been with me a long time. <laughs> they buy into Amir, what you do. Absolutely. And some of the young lads we see who've been training with me for the past seven, eight, ten years. I mean, some of them have been with me a long time. Like Zach, he's a doctor now. He's a GP and he's been with me 15 years and, you know, they still come and train. And, you know, some of them will compete in strongman or powerlifting. There's never any pressure of me for these young lads to do anything sport-related. If they want to compete in strongman, I love strongman. Mm -hmm. Let them do it. I mean, I have my own strongman show once a year. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, uh, I'll talk about later. Okay, that no, sounds good. So let's just go back again. So <clears throat> the time you went out to America, did you did you already have your gym set up? or? Yeah, I had a very, very basic gym in this. Uh, back at the end of this mosque, it was <laughs> an old dumping ground. Um, I cleaned up. Not a creature comforts, nothing. Yeah. And I made a gym in there. Um, no. I was actually coaching football. That's what it was. I went coaching football there in the wintertime, and the lad who was the president of the mosque and stuff, I went to school with, and I said, look, this is an M2 room. It's full of crap. If I clean it up, can I build a gym? I said, it's basic stuff. He said, yeah, cool. And that's how it all happened. Never wow. planned. Never had a business plan. Nothing. I didn't know I was going to get into this industry, mm -hmm. uh, the way it's worked. You know, I, I wanted to originally go and work with pro teams and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, but the way things worked out, <laughs> lo and behold, six gyms, Five or six gyms later, I've got a six and a half thousand square foot place now. And amazing. You know, every every equipment you can think of, I've got it now, you know, literally from belt squats to reverse hypers, inverse curls, every bar you can imagine. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a labor of love. It's nice. a passion. Yeah. So so let's say so you, you were working with the general pop, you're doing lots of, you know, training lots of people. And what made you go for or turn more towards like the athlete side of things. Like, what was it about that that made you pursue just, that more? From what I can get, most athletes that I work with, well, not all of them, they're driven. Okay, so that's did that. Would you say that resonated with your own sort of personality and? Yeah, they, they, they have the hard work ethic, and they've got that. They're willing to put the grind in, and that's mm. one thing I see, especially in the fitness industry. More probably with able-bodied and sorry, with recreational people, people training for health. Mm. Uh, they're looking for instant gratification mm. Mm -hmm. and I, I don't provide that and I've said it very categorically on a lot of my posts when I write a lot of things you got to buy into what I do and you got to you got to put the uh, you got to pay your dues mm. you know, mm -hmm. it's like building a, a house why would you build it on sand you know you build it on a solid foundation mm -hmm. so when people come and train with me the first thing I do is I hammer the technique yeah and I don't care how much they can lift I mean, I'll, I'll give you a really good example, a very recent one. I've got a lad called Samir Raftan, who just turned professional. He was a finalist in ABAs and seniors about two years back. Now, Samir's just turned over now. He's going to be, hopefully, everything goes to plan. We'll be fighting in July time. Now, Sammy came with a very, very... He'd done a bit He'd done a bit of training here and there, but he was all over the place. <laughs> and I said to him, you know, we're going to go back and we're going to break it down and we're going to build you up. And that's what I did for a year. I never let him squat with a bar. Wow. For one year. No way. He did a lot of heavy goblets. Okay, just goblet squatting, yeah. 
I got him, got his technique absolutely banged on, worked on his upper thoracic. They, they tend to be very kyphotic because they box and obviously mm-hmm. they want to. So, you know, a lot of retraction, scapular retraction work and, you know, getting to hold the bar properly, etc. We did loads of all that. And then the first time recently, about after a year later, I put him on a bar. He just nails it. Wow. And I thought, you know, and then he, he, buy, he buys into it 150%. Mm-hmm. And same with everything I've done with him, you know, I've taught him everything bit by bit. So what I tend to do with athletes, especially even with general public, if they just want to train, is build the foundation, build it solid. Mm-hmm. The one thing I see a lot, especially young lads, you know, they want to look the part. You know, I understand all that. You know, I was young one time as well, and but they don't work the technique. They don't work the big. Uh, you know, the big exercises, the compound movements, you know, they want to do the big chest, big guns, mm-hmm. and I'm like, guys, you've got a deadlift, you've got squats, you've got bench, yeah. you know, they're massive lifting, they work so many muscles, you know, so why you spend, why you, what, what the Americans say, why are you majoring in the minors? Right. The majors, you know, right, right, right. Strong. I've got a young kid at the moment, he's been with me seven, eight years now, Khalid, mm-hmm. um, and cracking lad, you know, he's one of, we, we call him the robot, he's one of these kids, he comes in, Three times a week, doesn't say much, but he listens to everything you say and he works at it. This kid is hitting 190 deadlift. Wow. 80 no belt, no straps, nothing. Wow. A solid, over 100 kilo solid bench. Uh, and he just, uh, he's got a squat of like 140. It's just years of technique work. Yeah, over and over he's again. Growing, testosterone's kicking in, he's getting the growth hormone release. Boom. You know, and that's what it's about. It's mm. about, and you know, he comes in, and I've got a few. I said some of these guys they've been with me a long time, um, and these guys will be with me from day one. So, even though they're not athletes, um, they're the guys obviously help me set up the gym, and mm. they're part of the furniture and they're part of the the more power really. You know, it's just as much as them as it is me. Um, because these are the open-minded guys. That, like I've got crazy ideas. I'll experiment mm-hmm. with things like, and they just go with it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, what have we got now? Oh, you gonna try <laughs> this out? Gonna try this out? Yeah. Oh, yeah fine. Let's hit this uh, six-eight week cycle on this particular exercise. See if that's gonna help with something else. Or, and they they kind of like me. They're very open-minded because obviously they've been around that environment. And um, but when it comes down to it, we stick to fundamentals. We just do basics. Honestly, yeah. we live on basics. Why, 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 do you think the, um, why do you think that still occurs in the sense of people like young lads going for, you know, majoring in the minors? Why do you think that's still around? <laughs> a lot of young lads, I think they've got this correlation, um, correct me if I'm wrong, that they, you know, by looking good, by doing all the superficial stuff, they're going to attract girls. <laughs> Right, I mean, I guess I was the same. I, I, I was, and then you get older and you kind of realize I was wasting my time mm. because, as I said, you've got this huge, massive foundational muscles, and you pissing about doing bicep kills. <laughs> you know, I mean, my guys will laugh if you ever meet any of my boys and you talk to them, they'll say, Mention bicep kills and mobile. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I always say at the end of a session, I've actually he calmed down a little bit now. Have you? And I'll say, look, end of the session, you know, you want to put some bicep curls in, by all means do it. Oh. You know, I'm not against it. But to me, it's about efficiency, efficacy. You come in, you do, you're in and out in an hour. 
Mm-hmm. I don't believe in long sessions, nothing. It's just solid. You know, you come in, you do your deadlifts, um, you do your little bit of assistance work, and you don't work your weaknesses. That's the big thing. That's one thing I learned of Louis. Always work your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something, even if you leave it for a while, you'll always be good at it. But right. when you're weak at something, like he broke his back twice, and the second second occasion when he broke his lower back, that's when the reverse hyper came into play and painting. I think in the late eighties, I may be wrong. Um, and we've always had a hyper since the day I went there. Mm-hmm. Um, I swear by it. I've had loads of back injuries over the years of you know just abuse, playing sport and stuff. Um, but yeah, it just comes back to you know just stick to stick to your basics. Find out where your weak points are. You know, if it's a bench press, usually, you know, you struggle off your chest. If it's raw bench press, you know, meaning you don't wear any bench shirts or anything. If it's a squat, generally, it's when you're coming out the hole. Mm-hmm. The deadlift is slightly different because obviously it's a dead weight and you don't get any eccentric loading, so concentric. Um, so you've got to work out where, where you are. And that's what I do. I work out, yeah, this person's struggling with this, this person. I've got a guy at the moment. Um He's deadlifting 300 kg for eight reps in one go. Wow. Right? Now, you know, strong dude. He's got a, a one rep PB of 360, about nice. 120 body weight. So it's three times body, you know, three times body weight deadlifter. And he was about 140 kg. He lost 20 kilos. So his mechanics felt different. And he, he's a coach himself and a friend of mine as well. And he came over from all the way and we went down and we just did a bit of tweaking here and there just his feet position got his head position a bit better um and we worked on things and every few weeks he comes back and he feeds back with me and we just go through the technique stuff and that's you know that's one thing and then I had another gentleman who had the same issue uh he he broke the northwest record he pulled a 280 deadlift at 82 body weight raw with 82 bloody hell <laughs> and he was, you know, he, he was he was clean as well. He was a number, you know. And um, again, he came from Southport, and he had a, a issue with his technique. And I just sat and uh, watched. My philosophy is like the way I'm sat now. I'll, I'll sit on a, you know, what do you call it, a chair, put my feet on something, and I'll just watch what goes on. I don't say anything. I just watch and it's observe. Yeah. I'll have a cup of tea in one hand, and I'll watch. And <laughs> what doing. And I think I've just over the years, I've just developed an eye for things and mm. things and. I correct really quickly and I'll tweak mm-hmm. things and I say, look, this is what we need to work on. This is what you need to do. But then the critical bit is you've got to go back, drop your ego mm-hmm. and work on your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And that's what, um, that's what Matty did as well. He actually missed a 280 deadlift in comp. And a few right. weeks, six weeks later, he pulled a 280 comfortably. Wow. And he was just like, tweaking his technique here and there, minor things. I mean, they, obviously he's, he's a fairly elite level lifter. He's, he's lifting that kind of weight. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing is, when he, he listened to what I said, he went and worked on it. And it's same with the lad I've got now. I'm doing a lot, you know, technique with a you know, big deadlifter. And again, the same thing. It's always you've got to put the time in. And the big problem I see, especially in the fitness world, it's all about fast results. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody wants to put the grind in. It's all young lads want to. Go, you know, go lads and ladies now, and they want this particular way of looking and physique and this. And again, if that's what you're into, I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, entirely up to what you want to do. And but what I don't understand is 
why would you spend so much time doing the smaller stuff when you're going to get results from doing the bigger movements? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because I still, I still have clients that have come to me recently or over the years and yeah. never touched their legs, never trained their legs properly, or yep. And it's insane to me, yeah. It's and they're having a world of problems, or they find that they're really weak on their legs. So, and as soon as they get in our in our place, we're hitting legs like twice a week, or we're getting getting them in. So it's a big shock yeah. to a lot of people, and I think that's where. That's where the real gold, isn't it? Like you said, building those foundations, doing it over and over. It's good, man. It's good to hear. Okay, cool. Let's sort of sidestep. Then let's go over to like, um, so you mentioned you do, you sort of manufacture gym equipment. You make, design yeah. it as well. Talk me through that process. It just, it was a coincidence, really. Um, I was always into it. Um, we were buying stuff like 15 years ago and, and strong on gear and things and, you know, buying it, the weld would break and stuff. And I thought, there's got to be a better way. I'm paying money and obviously I'm a bit new to it at the time. And then I found my own welder. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, ideas and we, we also discuss things and what ideas I had in my head. I could tell him and he could make it. Wow. We had a good communication and a really good connection. And I mean, the biggest project was we made a, we made a few things. We made like car deadlift frames, a lot of strongman stuff, really. Loads of logs, strongman logs. We're known for that. Sleds, but we made a, like a um, Hercules hold, a massive, oh, yeah. wow, yeah. a big piece of kit. Um, and we made that, and then we made a Fingles finger. Uh, honestly, we made all sorts. And it's just mm. I enjoy. It. For me, it's just the process. It's not all about oh. Obviously, you know, I'm going to make a living out of it, but I genuinely enjoy making it. It's mm -hmm. just, it's more, again, how does it work? You know, <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm like, and, and then a lot of times I'll get it to the gym and I'll play around with it. And I'll get my life, well, I probably won't play around with it but nowadays, but I'll get my boys to play around with it. And these mm -hmm. guinea pigs, don't, I won't tell them that, but they know that anyway. <laughs> and they try it out and they say to me, you know, they're very honest with me. We, we have a policy in the gym where honesty is everything. Mm -hmm. if they're lifting I remember I was in India three years ago and one of my guys was lifting and they said have I hit depth in a squat I'm in India they, they bloody uh, <laughs> sent me a video and that's what we are because I'm very yeah. straight I'll tell them straight I don't cut corners I'm not into all this back slapping the most anybody will ever get from me is well done really that's <laughs> it it's not I don't over over praise anybody mm -hmm. you know to me yep well done you know put the session in but the athletes they know that you know they, they're driven like that. they're ready mm -hmm. for it it's a different mm -hmm. mindset the, the normal trainee you know they're, they're a bit different the mindset is different um but yeah so that design equipment again it was just one of them coincidences has most of my life always been it's just <laughs> never been one of them that i've actually set out to do something right I kind of just fall into it. Yeah, just sort of follow your passion. Yeah, a reason the stuff was never to actually sell it. It was just to make it for us. Right. And, you know, York, a farm, is a log, um, whatever, just make it, you know, let's just, because we want to use it. And then, right. you know, then I would hammer the crap out of it and say, yeah, that's pretty solid, that. And then somebody said, why don't you sell it? Oh, okay. And mm -hmm. that's something, honestly, it's... I don't even have a website. Wow. <laughs> I'm I'm very like 
old school and you know the way I work. I even there's not to this day, and I'll get torn off by a lot of people about this to this day if they get if they get frustrated with me. I don't yeah. have a sign outside the gym. You don't have a what? Sorry, I don't have a sign outside the gym. No sign at all. No. <laughs> we don't open to the public. Right. Um. I just do basically, yeah. Uh, it's it just hidden away. I just quietly do my work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big believer. I have a philosophy compared to say a lot of people, especially in the fitness industry, they want to get loads of clients. Mm. So I was related to fishing and I think what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So they'll go in and they'll put a massive net and they'll trawl everything. They'll get the good bits, the bad bits, but they'll get everything. And obviously volume. Mm-hmm. I'll, be it. I'll leave it. I'll put my fishing rod out, leave it, walk off. I might only get one person, but mm-hmm. that person will stay with me. Mm. I work. And that's the difference in mentality. I'm not interested in, you know, the the big the gro you know the superficial market. I'm all about you know you know you got to be into it. You got to live it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I I go back to Louis because obviously he's just passed away and it, it still saddens me. Um, because he was the one who told me, you know, he said, just follow what you believe in. Because originally I said my plan was to really work with pro teams and stuff. That's what I really wanted to do. I thought, oh, that's... And every time I was applying for jobs, whatever, I just wouldn't get even an interview. Right. And I just thought, damn that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to follow my own dream. I'm going to mm-hmm. create my own. And that's what I did. And mm-hmm. Louis always said to me, because Louis wasn't educated. That's what people forget. Louis was a lifter. Mm-hmm. Um... And he wasn't even very good at writing articles. It was not usually people like Matt Wenning who wrote on his behalf and other people. He'd had the ideas and they would put it into, you know, paper and people could read it. But, you know, he, he, he learned from experience. And it was the same with me. I went back and I hammered my technique. And I was never a great lifter. And I'm not going to lie to you and say I was this super lifter or anything. Far from it. Mm-hmm. I've never even competed in, uh, in strongman or anything. Right. You know... It's, but I know how to coach people and people sometimes don't understand that because they think how can a guy who's never competed but he can coach and pick up things but then you can if you look at it from a slightly bigger perspective Alex Ferguson Mourinho Mourinho never played professional football he was a teacher mm-hmm. he had an opportunity coaching an under 12 team he was an interpreter actually for excuse me for, for Bobby Robson at Barca wow. so again I don't always think you have to be great at anything. I'm not saying it doesn't help. Sometimes what comes easily to people, and then they're going to coach it. They don't find, um, and also they tend to coach the way that works for them. Right, their own, yeah, what they've yeah. been taught, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big believer. I work with the athlete. I see what they can do. I see what they can't do. Mm-hmm. How do I build them? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the big difference. Um, yeah, it's going in with a bird's eye view. For everything, what, yeah, what's in front of you, isn't it? I mean, the basics are basics, but you know, if you've got a short time and you get a fighter ready to fight, and he's struggling to do a, a back squat, especially if if, the, if I've got like a literally they're coming for a camp, which is eight twelve weeks, I'm not going to kill myself and try to get his wrist mobility sorted out. I'm going to get him ready to fight, so I'm going to put him on a, either heavy goblet squats or um, what do you call it, a safety bar squat, mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. easy to do. Mm-hmm but we're going to get the results. We're going to get the value, you know, for the big lifts again. And that's what it's all about. It's keeping it simple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, often it's overcomplicated in the industry. I know I, from my own personal experience, you, 
tend to overcomplicate things and overlook the um the simple things but you're right you're right i think it's doing those simple things over and over you get the best results and so i guess your your sort of client base and it's all i'm guessing that it's all word of mouth people just spreading yeah. the word for you walking advocates telling about you know yeah all my work literally comes from yeah you're right um i mean i write a lot of articles on social media um again i don't write it to gain more people or anything i just write it because i absolutely love education and educating people i just give them honest honest truth mm-hmm. um you know and that's it and i break it down to layman's terms and say look this is what's happening this is what you need to work on it's up to you whether you want to do it or not i'm not interested in i'm not asking you for you to come and train with me but yeah all my work literally it, it comes from people telling people and that's mm-hmm. how i get in all my work, um, you know, some guy knows what he's talking about. All I want to be known for, I'm an honest dude. I do my job to my best ability and that's it. I'm not interested in being a famous person walking down the street and people patting my back. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm only nearly 51 years old. I drive an old battered truck. If somebody <laughs> told me they think I'm a builder or something, <laughs> you know, because I, I just thought of that, you know, my life is all the gym. It revolves around the gym. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Good. So you've also branched out to doing strongman events as well. Then, so let's let's hear, just hear about that. Then, how did you come across um, that? Just from your experience and interest, or yeah, well, um, we had Bolton Strongest Man 2010, and I ended up training quite a few people for it. That was the first ever one. So from that perspective, that's how it developed. Um, and then, um, so it's been going on since then, literally. But a uh, uh, more power comp every year. We do a, a cricket club, which I play when I used to play cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's uh, just a good day out for people. It's a, it's a low level comp. It's not high level or anything. Mm-hmm. It's to get people into the sport stronger. Right. I absolutely I find powerlifting as much as I admire the feats of strength. I, I prefer the spectacle in strongman. You know, you've mm-hmm. got somebody pulling the truck. You know, mm. a fire truck, you got somebody carrying these big shoes, you know, stones and putting them on that. And, you know, it, it's just, I enjoy it. So, yeah, we, we've been doing it every year for the past, but besides the COVID years. Um, and it seems to go bigger and bigger. I think we started off originally, just my guys used to do it in the gym. Right, right. There was like five, ten of them and they get a trophy. There was a lot of young lads at that time when I was lecturing at that time as well. So there was a lot of uh, young lads who probably... What am I say now? They're all misbehaving kids and stuff. I saw really difficult kids, and um, they got in. I got them into like, and they became, you know, they grown up now. They're in the late twenties, and mm-hmm. you know, they've got their own kids, and it's great seeing them. You know, they've got good jobs and all that. But the formative years, like between the age of sixteen and twenty, they spent a lot of time with us, right? Um, just training and stuff, and they had a focus, and they just looked forward to it. And it was just for them to get them into the sport, and then it just kind of evolved, and more people came along, and then last year. Was the busiest we ever had with 50 people, which is wow for oh, us. That's nice. massive. Um, but also, I'm involved with the England Under 105 mm. myself and my partner, which is uh, Shane Burns. Uh, he owns Warrior Gym, literally half a mile on the road from me. We both have our own gyms. He's a quite high level strongman and good friends as well. So we've taken that over now. So that's like pretty elite level. So we're going wow. from people doing the sort of basic stuff and enjoying it and getting into it, probably think, oh, I might do it again and might step it up to now we do the qualifier uh, which was um about two three weeks ago and indoor mm-hmm. which is quite a big big event you know but the one we run it's free to watch mm-hmm. loads of food stores things for kids it's just 
it's part of the the cricket club, which is Dean and Derby. It's their um, community fund day. Got yeah. And because I used to play cricket there, and they also helped me. You know, I used to coach. Before I had a gym, I used to go there and use the outside facilities. Mm-hmm. I would like to give back as well, and um, and obviously they, you know, they're very receptive to it, and so it's about integrating, getting people together. I'm a big believer. I don't talk religion. I don't talk politics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always say, if you've got a commonality in something, it'll break down all the barriers. You don't have to mm-hmm. talk about. It. Mm-hmm. Just let, mm-hmm. let your actions, let people come and enjoy themselves, and they mm-hmm. think, well, you know. Unfortunately, the you know, society we're living now, there's a lot of bigotry and stuff, and uh, it doesn't need it. You know, it's just simple. I'm, I'm just a simple dude. Like, I'm just all about, you know, get, being nice to people and letting people do things. Absolutely. Sounds good. Good, honest man, like you mentioned. Um, I just want to go back to, you mentioned COVID. How did that, how did that affect you guys? I mean, I know well, it, was, it was a time where a lot of people took advantage where, when you obviously you sell, you sell equipment, so I know... During those yeah. times, things were off the scale, weren't they? <laughs> I, I, I just, um, I just stayed the same. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't charge anybody above and beyond what I was charging. If, if I was happy to make a pound a kilo, why am I going to charge people more money? Mm-hmm. There was a lot of flash in the pans. They came in a short time and they went. Mm-hmm. I've been doing yeah. ten years now, and I still do it now. I still buy and sell stuff. It, it's just something I, I get a buzz. I get, I get a buzz out of it. Mm-hmm. you know picking up deals selling up make whatever it's all fun and uh but yeah for me business obviously the gym was the pro we could train for a certain time we got given and we were fine with elite athletes and but um generally the gym was shut mm-hmm. um but the business side was busy so it kind of went hand in hand and now so, the gym is a bit busier the buying and selling is a bit quieter because mm-hmm. people are more worried about heating bills and eating or <laughs> are they going to buy luxuries so it's just the way it works. Businesses like that, it's never going to be a lounge. You should live with it. And my philosophy, if I make enough to live, a bit extra, a few creature comforts here and there, which is very rare. My money gets spent in the gym, honestly. Yeah, constantly reinvesting. Ten years old, I've got holes in my old t-shirts, and I even don't even wear my old t-shirts and stuff. This is my buddy's gym. I'll, I'll promote him. Drago, okay. was an ex-pro boxer. I train his girlfriend, who's a professional boxer as well, Lindsay. Um, and I do all strength work for her and uh, so, so it's tough like, I'm not really materialistic in that sense you know it's for me it, it's that it shows my personality I'm all about the graph as I said if people see me outside they don't know who I am they might have heard of me but mm-hmm. I get told this all the time or oh, somebody's heard of you I'm like oh, okay cool yeah, yeah. nice you know but it's just I, I just do what I do and that's it I just crack on with it it's, keep focused yeah Good, good, good stuff. Right. We've got a lot of info on there on yourself and what you do. So really good to hear. Um, so let's, let's go into the whole sort of fasting regime. And, you know, given that it's a time where things are, have to be, you know, changes have to be put in place. Let's talk more, I guess, we'll start with the, the training, training aspect of things and how, what, what's your sort of philosophy on that then? The fact that, you know, from sun, sunrise all the way to sunset, do you advocate people training during the day like what's your what do you yeah. advise to people what would you advise the the person who just wants to keep themselves fit because from my experience in the past we've i've had it mixed where some some of our members stay on and train with us some people take the month off yeah. what what do you advise what's your thoughts on that pros just carry on carry on um 
the cardio, which is the bit that's the, the feel, especially with the fighters, what they'll do is they'll run at night time after after Tarabi. Because mm, mm. you, you're more likely to lose cardio way quicker than strength. Mm-hmm. So, like at the moment, they'll do two sessions a week. So they'll do one interval based stuff and then one uh, a steady pace, uh, so long steady state stuff. Um, so when they do come back, they just pack a rolling rather than losing too much and then we're going to start again and that feeling of lactate and stuff. Um, strength wise, uh, what we do again, we carry on, we just reduce the volume a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, cut down the sets. Uh, a little bit of intensity. We don't want to lose too much strength. Um, but again, research scientifically, it's not me saying it, there's all science that's been studies have been done by very prominent people that it takes about three weeks to lose your strength. Mm-hmm. So more you're going to lose your cardio a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So if we maintain both as best as we can, then we just hit the ground running. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what we've always done. Now the pros will train during the day. He'll come in and just train. Right. Go to sleep, whatever. But the night, the running stuff gets left to later on. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, they'll run between three, four times. And plus, obviously, they do a lot of volume-based work in the gym. So, um, yeah, again, some people train after Taravi, they do strength work after that. I'm all a big believer. There's no hard or fast rules. It's what works for you and what you feel right. comfortable with and your time, etc. Um, because obviously it's a difficult time, family, going to masjid, doing all that. So, you know, I, I, I some people like training like before iftari. I don't think it's a great idea because you're in glycogen depletion. You know, you've not had any carbs or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and going kind of leading into this, it kind of makes a bit of sense. What happens when we have iftari in the olden days? Even now, <laughs> stuffing your face. <laughs> <laughs> but during the year, we hardly eat all that. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I'm not saying yeah. don't eat food. As you can tell, I like my food, right? But, <laughs> you know, I'm not getting it. I don't get it. Mm, mm. Don't get it. So they make an effort. Drums on, everybody's smashing. Instead of losing a few calories and having a bit of discipline with food, and you said, mm. you know, the change mm. your own and stuff, and, you know, further on of your eyes and everything else. And I'm like, well, you know. But again, I think Islamically, uh, not that I'm a scholar and I don't pretend to be, <laughs> you know, you have to look after your body. It's an amount mm-hmm. that's been given mm-hmm. to you. Absolutely. And this is one thing I don't know in our community, especially in the Indian, Pakistani and Bangladesh, you know, the Southeast Asian community. You kind of say, well, you know, it is what it is. And I'm like, come on, guys. It is, <laughs> it is, it is that's BS. Yeah. You know, we, I've got a guy, I've got a, a, a guy who trains with us, uh, John. I mean, John's in his late 70s and he's fitter than most people in the 20s. Wow. Honestly, he comes and skips and does everything. He does his, you know, stick fighting, which is combat Kali. And he comes and trains at my gym and uses some of the equipment and stuff. And like, I'm like, so what's limiting you? It's you. Mm. Mm. I've got some prominent scholars who train with, uh, train at my gym as well and um, the imams and stuff. And, you know, they're all for it. So I think it's just educating people and, changing the way we approach things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I can go back and tell a story about a gentleman called William Boone I'm a historian of strength as well I'm just a fascinated mm-hmm. um, this guy he was lifting monster weights in the 40s and he used to work in the Louisiana places digging water wells that you'd have to be drinking 
gallons of water. That physical job, 10, 12 hour days, wow. blistering heat. Okay. And he was lifting big weights. And I'm thinking, well, you know, well, people are just sedentary. Mm. It kind of goes on to that. But again, if that time comes, what happens, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything that's bad for you, for some reason, it, it seems that. to be, you know, sweet stuff, this, that, you know. There's a lot of old school sort of Indian and Pakistani mentality and stuff, brother. And, and I'm like, guys, you know, you need to look up beyond and... Mm-hmm. I'm not saying don't have a sub also too, but I, I have I like my food and I'm not gonna say no to it. But again, when it comes down to it, when it really comes down to it, it's moderation, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and especially if you eat too much, <laughs> your stomach's already shrunk. Right. So you gotta be careful how much you eat, how much you drink. You mm-hmm. can't drink too much. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna go to uh, Tarawi time and you know somebody's next to you burping away. <laughs> That's the worst thing, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And you know, trying to eat a little bit less. Probably the best time to eat is usually after Taravi. Yeah. Um, and best time to train, I, in my opinion, if you can, mm-hmm. uh, because you, you, you're fueled. Yeah, right. You're fueled ready for your workout. That. Yeah. And whether you can manage that or not is another thing. I mean, for years we trained after Taravi. For years. Mm-hmm. It's just over the last few years, my mum came living with me and uh, my lads used to still train. They, they, they had the keys to the gym, but I wouldn't go out because I used to look after my mum. Mm. Um, and since then I've just sort of got a bit older and lazier I guess and you know I, I, my lads were still trained but um, you know but I think it's a it's a good time and it doesn't have to be a massive session it doesn't have to be an hour two hours you know yeah. half an hour just do a bit think, yeah I think that's what people probably think that generally if they're going to the gym they're doing an hour or over an mm. hour session they think they've got to still apply that during the during that month but you still get an effective session doing half or 45. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, you're depleted. You don't have any glycogen. Mm. It's carbohydrate, you know. So if you are going to eat, and we kind of like, I'm, as I said, I'm not an expert in nutrition by no means, and I'm, I don't confess against being that. Um, eat something that's, you know, complex carbs. So it releases energy a bit more slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem we've got is, you know, we've got so much temptation, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some stuff there, rasmalai, this, that, you know. <laughs> Your eyes get bigger than your belly, like you know. That's right. That's right. That's right. So generally, saying um, so when it comes to around the food, if every time opening the fast, generally go for something a bit lighter, ready then maybe to fuel just enough for that workout late in the evening. I mean, yeah. that would be the ideal situation. I mean, uh, you know, it, it, it's still like you know we've got mostly footballers and stuff, and it's still fast and stuff, and it's difficult. I'm not going to say that. Um, I've got about five percent battery left. Oh no, no worries. We'll, we'll wrap it up in a sec. We'll, yeah. we'll speak till it goes, and then we'll cut it. Um, okay. So I say, look, you know, just deal with it the way it is. Be sensible. You know, the sleep's the big thing. If you can get yeah. a hour nap here, the hour nap there. Obviously, you want to do your spiritual stuff because it's not—it's not fasting. It's not just about fasting. Mm. You know, it's, it's all about you know appreciating what people are going through. You know, we we have to give up for a month. Mm-hmm. People do that every day. They, you know, to, to get a meal a day in the, some mm. countries in the world, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's neither. You know, it's not difficult. But again, it comes down to discipline. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say, I think that's probably the biggest thing mm. that I've come across with people is having that discipline. It, like 
generally what tends to happen when it comes to around like these new year times, people start diet, start a training program, don't continue. What, what do you think? Why do you think that is people lack that discipline? What is it, and what does it take to have that discipline? I always say, do they want it enough? Don't want it enough. You know, is it for health? Then why don't people do things? Mm -hmm. and they, again, you know, me and you went into our gym and stuff, but if people want to go for a walk, go for a walk. Mm -hmm. Do some gardening, do something physical. Do a bit of basic stuff. Do something. There's no such thing as you can't do it. I'm 50, I'll be 51. My father died of diabetes by the time he was 60. Um, mm. Very young. So for me, yeah, I've got a high chance. And I, I'm not great with my food. I'm not going to lie to you. So I'm perfect with my food. But the biggest thing is I keep moving. I'm always exactly. doing things. Mm. And I told that to everybody. I said, people come to me and ask me for advice. They've had injuries or whatever. And I said, look, guys, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be realistic. How much time do you have? 15 minutes a day. Can you not do things? Can you not do basic push-ups? Can you not do basic lunges, basic squats? You don't need much equipment. You can use mm -hmm. your body weight. Mm -hmm. So there's, you can always adapt, improvise. Mm -hmm. The biggest thing is discipline. Mm -hmm. That's what it comes down to. Discipline mm -hmm. with food, sleep, you know, how to fuel your body, especially with athletes, you know, they're cutting weight and stuff. And it, it's hard. Even for them yeah. guys, you know, that, that, the biggest battle they have is you know, week before the fight, cutting weight. What I always advise them, and again, as not a nutritionist, but, you know, cut calories from, you know, two months out, 500 calories a day, it's not going to kill you. You've still got enough fuel. Mm -hmm. What tends to happen is, I don't believe in camps either. You know, when people say, I, I go into camp, my guys train all year round. Right. Staying ready. Yeah, they stay ready. Mm -hmm. We we don't follow a linear periodization either, which is like just going up and then, what we do, our Western periodization, we follow more of a conjugate method, which is work, our concurrent training, which is working all the different qualities. So they're always ready. Right. Obviously, right. the sharpness and the zip comes from the sport itself. Right. You know, your timing, your sparring, actual, you know, match practice and stuff. That's what that would come from. But I am a big believer you keep doing things because it's extremely hard if you let your body go and mm -hmm. then you've got to try and get going. And that's what a lot of people will do. They get mm -hmm. ready for the whole day, brother, you know, a wedding, and then they kind of just, you know, I think that the biggest thing I can say to you, it's got to be a lifestyle. Right. And that's Absolutely. what it comes down to. And, you know, it's going to be something you enjoy doing, whatever, if it's cycling, whatever, I'm, I'm cool. Mm -hmm. Just do something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Keep moving. Biggest thing, keep moving. I've got a guy in now, 63-year-old barrister. And a year ago, he came and he was literally seized up with COVID and everything. His body was stiff. And out of my gym, uh, we have a physio with my cousin as well, coincidentally. And between me and him, we've got the guy moving. Half his pain's decreased. Wow. He's feeling better. You know, before he could walk more than seven, eight minutes, he's walking half an hour outside, no problems. Mm -hmm. First thing I said to him was, get moving. Mm -hmm. But it was like a vicious circle because he had pain, he wouldn't move. Right. So if you can keep active, do the simple you know, sensible things and do it all year round. I'm not saying don't have a cheat day, don't enjoy your food. No, by no means. Everything in moderation is key. Life is all about moderation. <laughs> Obviously, athletes is different. We push it to the limit, but that's the choice they made. And the professional athletes, they're the professional prize fighters and stuff. You know, they get paid. But, but the average person, you know, do things. Yeah. Get a session in. If you feel like even doing bicep curls, go and do some bicep curls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, I mean, I'll just be on a serious level. I'm, 
you know, I'm one of them. I'm very laid back about stuff like that. But before I was very intense, and I've kind of as I've got, got a bit older, now I'm a bit more like you know. But at the same time, I would say if you're not disciplined, you don't have the work ethic. I won't train you. Mm-hmm. Simple as. I don't so do you give people do you give people like a little trial, or you just, or is it oh, you get your yeah, answer from? You do, and I, I'm very straight. With me, I said, look, we our personalities may clash. Mm. You know, we have difference in opinions. You could have a different mindset than me. Yeah, cool. You know, go somewhere else if it benefits you. It doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, I'm never going to... I've never chased a person in my life. Um, as I said, I don't even promote myself. Mm-hmm. I just want a few things, do that. Alhamdulillah, over time, people have got to know about me. I think I do a reasonable job. I get my work. I've got people traveling from Rochdale, 20, 30 miles away, you know, um, because they can see the benefit. And that's all I can do. But it's um, you, you, not everybody's going to be on the same wavelength. Sure, sure. And I think you know you you got you got to accept that, and you just got to go with the flow and say, "Look, cool." You know, it's not going to happen. It's life. You no. know, it's the way it is. We've got a choice. You know, you got a choice of buying Nike trainers or Reebok trainers, or you know, buying a pair of slippers like what I wear every day. You know, I wear a pair <laughs> of flip flops in the gym. It's your choice. Yeah. It, it's easy. There's no gun yeah. to you. Yeah, of course, of course. That's something I always say. And then people say, oh, I've got to do it. I'm like, you're not cut out for it. Yeah. I had no forget a bit quick story. I've got millions of stories, but I had an amateur boxer. I went to his dad's place. I was just walking past, actually. And, and he, he called me over and he says, my son's turning, you know, doing amateur boxing, blah, blah, blah. And, and I said to the son, he goes, uh, I'll come next week. I said, too late, mate. Don't come. You said so, that. I said that to him, yeah. You're going to come to him tonight. Come tonight, yeah. <laughs> and he came and we spent a good solid year with him and he was brilliant. Wow. I've become really good friends with him now as well. But he realised what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. You've, got to have that. You've got to have it. You've got to have that work ethic. Mm-hmm. Can't be, you know, I'll do this. You're in the hurt business. You're going to get hurt, you know. Yeah. But again, a lot of people would never do what I do because that's mm-hmm. just the way I am as a person. I'm, you know, that's what I'm all about. It's all about you've got to pay your dues, as mm-hmm. I said before. If you can't, and you don't want to put the hard work and you don't want to train your legs, don't ever come to my gym. Because yeah. <laughs> we live off it. We all squat, whether yeah, it's a yeah. squat, a safety squat, a box squat, lunges, we all do things like that. We all deadlift. Nice. You know, it's all about solid, being solid. And that's one thing I see a lot of young lads and look the part, awesome physical specimens. Mm-hmm. But as the call, as one of the articles I wrote, you look like Tarzan, we got the strength of Jane. It's got to be real strength that's going to help you in daily life. Like for me, if I have to go outside, I mean, I've just, yesterday, yesterday, the day before, I picked up four 50 kilo plates. I carried them 20, 30 yards on me own, put them down. Mm-hmm. they look at me and I don't have a six pack I'm not wearing any I'm like listen guys the real strength is not having a six pack that's just good dieting and mm-hmm. watching you win. having the ability of a strong core strong posterior chain you know mm-hmm. that, having a strong grip in your hands that's reality there's that balance between kind of looking good and reality you can do both yeah, you know, yeah. a lot of people do power building you know and they do both they're strong and they look the part great but when when I see you know you're walking around and the big dudes, and I'm like, yeah, if you've got strength, I mean, train your legs. 
training legs. Good stuff, <laughs> man. Good stuff. So it seems like you got a real sense of good community there behind your mo, man. Like, yeah, I went keep to... keep doing what you're doing. Oh, I think we've lost you. Are you still there? Okay. So we're just going to uh, wrap it up there then, guys. So um, thank you for tuning in or watching back on this um, first episode of the podcast, uh, training during uh, fasting, nutrition as well, what to eat. Um, I mean, we sort of went off on a tangent with a couple of uh, things there, just getting to know more a bit more on his story, but it's really exciting and still fresh to see, you know, for someone who's been doing it for so long, how they have the passion and how they have the energy to continue doing what they're doing and serving others. And I think that's what it does come down to fundamentally, um, serving other people. Uh, so I just want to say thanks to Mo for taking his time out to join me on the call. Um, this podcast episode will be uh, online available. There is a website. Um, I just get it up. I think it's anchor.fm which I'll be uploading the audio so you can have a listen to it on there. Um, I was going to plug in Mo's socials, but like, it's, like you heard from him, he doesn't have any social media. I think you can find him on Facebook. Uh, Mo, um, was it again? Mo, let's look back on what it was again now. Hold on. Mo Power, sorry. Yeah, so you can look back on his, uh, search him up on Facebook, Mo Power. He He's involved in strength training. He's got his own setup in Bolton, um, runs strongman events, sells equipment. So if you're looking for some, you know, real, um, real good equipment, solid base, foundational strength equipment, um, tried and tested by himself and his athletes. Um, this guy's, you know, got full bag of knowledge behind him. And I recommend you go and look him up on uh, Facebook besides that. Um, pop down to the gym if you are in that region up north um, I will be going to check him out as well soon so um, once again thank you Mo for joining us on the call showing that your battery did go there Just make sure you get it charged up for next for your next one um, that might that we may do in the future but um, thanks again guys and thank you for watching or listening to this podcast take care